0: No Appointment Radio, wherever, whenever. Now, from Studio B, or from wherever the Saints or Pelicans might be,
2: here's Sean Kelly. How goes it? It is the Black and Blue Report, the podcast for Saints and Pelicans fans. Good day to you, and greetings from Studio B on the campus of your favorite football and basketball teams. I'm Sean Kelly. Daniel Sowerson will be co-hosting with me today. We've got a great show for you here on this Wednesday, perfect for the middle of the week. We're going to touch on a number of different things. Football, of course. Basketball with the Pelicans. Baseball, too, with one of our very special guests and Phillies closer Jonathan Papelbon. How about that? I didn't know he was such a Saints fan, but he is, and therefore he makes the cut, and he'll be a part of the Black and Blue Report today. Daniel caught up with uh, Jonathan earlier today, talked about his love of the Saints, of course, the baseball playoffs, and uh, the Mississippi State Bulldogs. Yes, sir, Poppelbon is a Bulldog, and uh, he's certainly pleased with how things have gone with their football season so far. Hey, speaking of baseball, looks like the Royals might have a chance to close that thing out maybe as early as tonight when they take on the Baltimore Orioles. And then it's the Giants now leading the Cardinals two games to one after a throwing error by the pitcher, Randy Choate, in the 10th inning yesterday. So now Frisco up a game, and those two will lock it up again later today at AT AT&T Park. On the Saints side, we're uh, anxiously awaiting the start of Saints practice today here on Airline Drive. They're back to work now finally after the bye week. Preparation's fully underway for their ball game at Detroit this weekend. The football conversation kind of circles around Jonathan Papelbon and his thoughts on being a Saints fan and what maybe – he thinks about how the season's gone. I'm not sure exactly what they covered in the interview, but we're going to enjoy that between Daniel and Jonathan in just a moment. Football also is a, a, a topic on Wednesday with regard to fantasy football, and Jake Seely from rotoexperts.com is back with us here today, and Daniel Salerson will visit with Jake. Those two will get you all ready for the football weekend that, of course, starts again tomorrow night with Thursday night football. And then there's the Pelicans who have evened up their preseason record. They're not 2-2 two and two after – a win last night, 117-98. They beat the Houston Rockets in the first game of the preseason at the Smoothie King Center in downtown New Orleans. Wow, the building looks fantastic. The uh, renovations uh, for this past season are complete. Well, just about. I think there's a little bit of paint still to be applied here and there, but for the most part, everything looks really good. And the Pelicans, for the most part, looked pretty good last night on the floor. There were some things of concern or things that need to be shored up, I guess, or cleaned up. With uh, what we see now is three preseason games left. The uh, current preseason homestand continues, by the way, tomorrow night against the Oklahoma City Thunder. And so with that, we'll bring in David Wesley today for a Wesley Wednesday visit. He was at the ball game tonight, and he'll share his thoughts on the game. Speaking of sharing thoughts, why not listen in here to Monty Williams and Anthony Davis. Both spoke to us after the b- basketball game last night. Uh, Davis led all scores last night with an impressive 26 points on an efficient nine of 11 from the field. He was eight of 10 at the foul line. He had eight rebounds and four block shots. Here's Anthony Davis walking off the floor last night after the Pelicans win. Anthony Davis led all scores tonight. He had 26 points, eight rebounds, four block shots in about 31 minutes of play. It's his highest scoring output of the preseason. And he, along with Ashik defended the rim well, and he joins us courtside here following the Pelicans' win. Anthony, what did you think of how things went
5: tonight? Oh, uh, went good. You know, we had played great defensively. You know, I think offensively we do a lot better, you know, running our sets, um, even defensively. You know, we're going to go a lot harder than what we were doing. We were playing hard, but we wasn't really playing up to our ability on defense. Um, but overall, I think I think we played great. You know, a lot of great things came out of this game, and we're going to go back to the film tomorrow and try to find some of the things that we can correct.
2: What did you like about your game tonight? Because we saw you do a number of different
5: things. I just try to be aggressive. You know, that's all I can really do. You know, Coach wants me to, to start getting back ready to play heavy minutes. So, um, you know, I just try to come out tonight and be very aggressive. My teammates are looking for me, and i just try to knock down over you No,
3: know, AD, I know you guys committed a few more turnovers than you wanted to, but do you feel like you guys are kind of – building to a crescendo, getting ready to roll into that regular season?
5: Yeah, most definitely. But uh, like you said, we committed way too many turnovers. Uh, we had 15, you know, with I think a, a whole quarter and three minutes to play. So um, we got to make sure that we limit our turnovers, especially when we play against high-level teams. And when guys, when uh, the team start to really start back playing, you know, we got to make sure that we keep that ball um, uh, safe. <coughs>
2: All right, one more, Anthony. Now that you've done it a few times, I know we're not to the regular season yet, but how do you like playing alongside Omer Asik?
5: I love it. You know, he makes the game a lot easier for me, uh, defensively and offensively. You know, he guards bigger guys, which keep me on the perimeter, guarding the, the, the stretch fours or the fours that can shoot, you know, 16 to 18 feet jumpers, um, foot jumpers in. Um, defensively, you know, um, I mean, offensively, he gives me a lot of looks. You know, he wants to screen. You know, he wants to roll to the basket and give me a lot of open shots. You look great tonight, you're always gracious with
2: your time with us. We appreciate it, and we'll see you tomorrow. Thank you. Davis ended up playing just shy of 31 minutes. Uh, When you look at the box score, the only other player to play as much last night was Austin Rivers, who uh, scored seven points on one of two shooting. Other notables from last night, Eric Gordon looked very good. He had 15 points, and Holiday continues to progress in his return. 14 points last night, four assists. He did, though, have four turnovers but helped offset that with two steals and two block shots. More on last night's game from the head coach now. Here's Monty Williams outside the Pelicans locker room.
3: Coach, what do you want to take away from tonight's game? Well, you know, we, what I told our guys is it's going to take some time to uh, get that corporate knowledge amongst each other. You know, we've got to have a shared discipline within our team. Um, We had a lot of good stuff going on tonight, but then we had some situations where it just didn't look like we knew how to play together consistently, where the ball was going all over the place. We turned the ball over 23 times. That's not typical for us. We're usually in the 12, 13 range. Um, I like the fact that we had 11 block shots. Um, We gave up a 28-point second quarter, and then after that, um, our defense picked up. And I, I thought Ryan's defense... In the third and fourth quarter, when he fronted the post, kind of ignited us defensively, and we got a few more stops than we were getting before. Um, but I like the fact that we have a number of guys who can uh, score the ball. we just have to recognize you know who those guys are at the right time
2: Does that corporate knowledge or that comfort level come from playing more games together yeah. or from more practice time together?
3: both you know we, we we'll, we'll have our practice time, but it, You know, when you get out here on the floor, the emotions, the scenery, everything changes. I think once we play in more games together, and tonight was a good test for us because we got our guys up, Uh, AD played 30 minutes, Eric played 26, Amir played 27, Austin was at 30, you know, Ryan was at 27. So once we start getting, you know, all of the guys who are going to play minutes, uh, more minutes, we should see more synergy on the floor. Anthony seemed to groove
2: tonight or kind of cruise a little bit in those 30 minutes you talked about.
3: Well, you know, he he hadn't been himself. I think he was shooting 60 uh, from the free throw line. That's not typical of AD. He was averaging nine points. And though he wasn't playing the minutes, I thought, you know, he wasn't himself as far as being aggressive, knowing when to go, running in transition, all the things that make him an elite player. And tonight was, you know, he was kind of sending a message to himself that he is a primetime guy. He's got to be that every night.
2: Sounds like you've got plenty of film work with these guys
3: tomorrow, both good and bad. Yeah. We, you know It's all teaching, though, yeah. and that's that's the way we have to approach it. Um, and I always tell guys, you know, if you look at it as criticism, you're not a competitor. You know, if you want to get better, it'll be coaching. And I think all of our guys understand that. Uh, we're going to be a good team. It's just going to take a, a minute for us to understand how to be good consistently. Thanks, Coach.
2: Thank you. All right, so the Pelicans now 2-2. The Rockets, who did not play James Harden or Dwight Howard last night, fall to 3-1 in the preseason. We'll talk more about last night's game in just a moment as we'll continue Black and Blue Report on a Wesley Wednesday with David Wesley. New Orleans Pelicans are taking flight and you don't want to miss any of the action. The Pelicans five game flex plan presented by Domino's is the opportunity to pick the games right for you. Ticket plans are the only way to guarantee seats to the biggest games, including the matchup against LeBron James and the Cleveland Cavaliers. Plus, each plan comes with a free Domino's pizza. Five game packages start as low as $45. Call 525-HOOP or visit pelicans.com to score your five game plan today.
1: Let's get the ball rolling for a thrilling time at the Sanderson Farms Championship PGA Golf Tournament, November 3rd through 9th at the Country Club of Jackson. For lots of first-class golf and fan-pleasing fun, join us for the Sanderson Farms Championship. It'll be quite a ride, unless you're chicken. For ticket information, visit www.sandersonfarmschampionship.com.
0: Guess what day it is. Pump day? Well, yeah. And it's Wesley Wednesday on the Black and Blue Report.
2: David Wesley joins us. It's a Wesley Wednesday, of course, as we mentioned here on the Black and Blue Report. We'll continue our conversation about last night's Pelicans win over the Rockets, one seventeen ninety eight. David, you were there last night. Uh, Welcome back, and uh, it was good to see you at the Smoothie King Center.
6: Yeah, you know it was good to be back. Very, very beautiful floor. Uh, a lot of upgrades to the uh, to the arena, which is really nice to see. And uh, and of course, the Pelicans went out and took care of business.
2: Took care of business, especially early on. I thought that was pretty impressive with the way that group played. And it sure does help, doesn't it, when you hit shots?
6: <laughs> uh, yeah, it's always good to hit shots. And and it was good to see you know those guys out there, um, you know, trying to get going. Anthony Davis. I look fabulous again we'll be talking all year about who he compared to and 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 what he brings to the game and um you know stretches of runs where he's playing super well obviously it's good to see guys like ryan anderson who got hot uh got some shots to go down late um drew holiday also out there trying to figure out what he's doing uh good to see him back out there he also played pretty solid and jimmer for you know um what is he going to bring to this team? Because he looks awfully good so far in preseason.
2: David, take me deeper than the box score. As you last night was probably your most intense look at them. Um, what did you see with regard to things like spacing, player movement, tweaks in the system, if you will?
6: I, I thought, I thought for the most part things were good. Uh, you know, it's, again, it is preseason. You're not getting hundred percent. You're probably getting ninety percent. Uh, with that said, they were playing against a uh, a very young, kind of parts as parts Rockets team without Howard, without Harden, without Jason Terry, and those are going to be three big keys to their to their team. So they weren't playing against the Rockets' best guys. Uh, but even during the season, when you're not playing against a full complement of guys, you want your guys to go out there and still do what they do. And they seem to be executing uh, where I sit is right behind uh, Monty Williams most of the game, and he seemed to be pretty pleased for the most part, you know, when they uh, when they were doing what they do. Um, so I think it's a, a positive thing to see, and, uh, you know, I'm really looking forward to this thing getting started.
2: David, should I be concerned with 23 turnovers last night by the Pelicans?
6: Um, no, simply because it is preseason, and a lot of guys play, a lot of guys are trying to figure out what, when, how. Uh, you think about this team didn't really play together last year. There was a lot of guys missing at, at different parts of the season, so they're really still trying to get some some chemistry and gel just a little bit uh, out there on the floor, so They made some mistakes. I saw uh, Drew Holiday throw a ball to Anthony Davis, who's every bit of eight feet with his reach, and he wasn't even close. So those are the kind of things you're going to expect in preseason. Again, I think for the most part you get about 90% of guys' attention, and 23 turnovers, while it being a lot, I don't think it's, you know, cause for concern.
2: Watching Anthony Davis and Omar Ashik last night, what did you take away as they combined for 18 rebounds and five block shots when they were on the floor together? I, you know what?
6: I, I, I think it looked great. I, I think their length, even if they can get their hands on the balls, that they probably shouldn't keep it alive, keep it going, uh, allow some of the guards to come in there and, and get some rebounds. itself. I think Anthony Davis is going to have to work to be a 20-10 and 10 guy and I don't mean the 20, I mean the 10, because I really, you know, he's going to get his eight to 10 a night, um, you know, just with, you know, sometimes Anthony being out on the perimeter or even, um, even, if, even Anthony Davis may fall off just assuming that Isaac's going to get it. So um, it, it was nice to see Anthony Davis had four blocks. Isaac's down there doing his thing. It, it was, it's, it's going to be fun. They're going to erase some mistakes this year and allow guards to get closer to defenders and and challenge them uh, on a lot of shots.
2: Wow, that's big. On the ball defense was a problem last year, that's for sure. Um, David, with regard to last night, or if you want to look ahead to tomorrow night against Oklahoma City, is there anything else that that strikes you right now that I've I've failed to ask you about?
6: No, I. You know, and and and. You know, my perception of what the team could be or is obviously on paper, wonderful. Um, uh, You know, we didn't even mention uh, Eric Gordon, uh, who is – he's going to do his part. He's going to make this team better. Uh, We didn't talk about Tyreek Evans, who is on the shelf, but we we saw what he's capable of, how this team is going to mesh and play together. Uh, You know, a good group of guys that seem unselfish. And, and like to share the ball, I think that's going to be great. I can't. I hope tomorrow night all of Oklahoma City's guys play, and that's what I really want to see. Uh, you know what? Against better talent, against some guys that know how to play the game. Now, what do they look like? And, and you know, uh, over the next few games in the preseason.
2: Yeah, no doubt. The only exception tomorrow night would be Kevin Durant, but there's plenty of other guys to watch in that Thunder roster right now. That's for sure. Absolutely. Yep. He is the uh, television analyst for the Pelicans broadcast on Fox Sports New Orleans. He's David Wesley. David, thanks again for stopping by. I look forward to seeing you again tomorrow night at the Smoothie King Center. Yes, sir.
6: I will see you then. I'm, I'm excited and ready to go.
2: Outstanding. David Wesley here with us on a Wesley Wednesday. Pelicans are winners last night. They'll go back at it again tomorrow at 7, as we mentioned, against the Oklahoma City Thunder. Daniel Salerson's a part of our broadcast today in a big, big way, and his first big guest is coming up next that's Philly's closer Jonathan Papelbon. That's yours in just a moment.
7: At the Auctioner Hospital for Children, no matter where you turn, you're surrounded by bravery. Children and teens dealing with health problems beyond their years. Parents working hard to keep the worry from their face. Doctors and nurses doing everything possible to get them back home where they belong. From rare brain tumors and leukemia to heart conditions and organ transplants, we offer a level of pediatric care unmatched in Louisiana. With more advanced capabilities than any other children's hospital in the region, even our kids-only ER can handle any pediatric emergency. In fact, the only thing tougher than the problems we see every day Are the kids themselves? Choose the Auctioner Hospital for Children and never wonder if you could have done more. Call 866 Auctioner to find an affiliated pediatrician near you. Auctioner, healthcare with peace of mind.
0: Welcome back to the Black and Blue Report, the podcast for Saints and Pelicans fans.
8: Well, you may have seen our next guest on ESPN's College Game Day last Saturday, and you might have seen him. At Saints games in the past. Jonathan Papelbon is the closer for the Philadelphia Phillies and he's an avid Saints fan as well. Jonathan, good morning and thanks for joining me.
6: Yeah, no problem.
8: Well, first off, let's start off with the Saints fan. How how did it come about that uh you being a diehard Saints fan? Well,
4: I was born and raised in Baton Rouge, Louisiana and um you know, I've uh followed the Saints since I was a child and um you know, just um kind of grew up watching them and uh, realized that there was no other place for me to be a football fan than to be the Saints fan and so um I continued to be a fan um from you know the Ironhead Hayward days all the way to now so um you know I'm uh, I love watching them
8: Yeah I believe you came to that uh Dallas versus uh Saints Sunday night football game last year and I think that's the jersey you were wearing correct and I heard yeah, Hayward yeah, jersey
4: yeah that's my favorite player yeah
8: So, growing up, uh, you said you were growing up in Baton Rouge. Were you able to make it to some of the games?
4: Yeah, we made it to a lot of games. We made it to a lot of games and uh, had a lot of fun. Um, Grew up going to the uh, French Quarter and, um, you know, everything that goes along with that. And, um, you know, I was kind of born and raised in the environment, so um, I'm kind of a product of my environment, I guess you could say.
8: It's amazing to see how much this organization has grown um, just from – Based on the 80s and 90s now, they've won a Super Bowl alone 9 and just how big this team is in the city and across the country.
4: Yeah, well, you know, it's exciting to see. I think it's been a long time coming, and I think, um, you know, Saints fans are uh, starting to pretty much become a a fan base throughout the entire United States, and uh, that's good to see.
8: Now, what do you do on a Saints game? Whenever you're not able to come to a game, I know with your schedule, um, how does your Saints game day What's your protocol for Saints game day for you?
4: Uh, Well, I have this uh, sprinter van that I usually take down there and uh, we usually take a bunch of friends down there and we drive down there and uh, usually try and go into the court, get something to eat the night before, usually stay at the Royal Finesta, uh, usually get a suite there and then uh, wake up and go to the game and uh, drive back that evening.
8: How many games do you try to get to a season?
4: Uh, I try to get to as many as I can. I, my schedule, um, kind of, whenever there's an opening, I kind of try to take, jump on and take advantage of it. So um, uh, they're few and far between as of now, but hopefully when I retire, there'll be
8: more of them. So I was about to say, any plans for any games this year?
4: Uh, not so far. I'm trying to work that out right now because uh, my alma mater, Mississippi State, is kind of on a roll, so I <laughs> think going to them.
8: <laughs> yeah, I'll get to that in one second. I just want to ask one more question. So if you don't make it, to New Orleans on a Saints game day. Are you watching it at home? Do you try to go out to a bar and watch it? What's your plans if you're trying to watch it on TV?
4: Oh, yeah, I watch all the games no matter what, if I'm there or if I'm not there, uh, either on my iPad or at the house sitting on, uh, on the couch. Um, you know. So uh, I'm all about it.
8: What, what do you see from this team so far? Two and three, but got a big win against Tampa Bay uh, before the bye week and are only sitting a game behind Carolina. What do you think of this team so far?
4: Well, you know, we're definitely still in it. And um, obviously last week was a huge, huge um, momentum shift for us to get get the ball rolling in the right direction again. And, um, you know, the season's full of, full of ups and downs, and hopefully that Saints can ride those ups a little bit more than the downs. And, um, you know, uh, hopefully they can get back on track after this uh, bye week. And, and, you know, those bye weeks are very important. And uh, hopefully this bye week will become um, a good, um, you know, a good way for them to kind of get back on track and get the ball rolling real off four or five wins in a row here.
8: We're talking with Jonathan Pavelvon, closer for the Philadelphia Phillies. And, Jonathan, uh, let's talk about the Mississippi State Bulldogs, your pride. And first, uh, watch you on game day, how many maroon suits do you actually own?
4: Uh, One. That that, that (laughs) That one one. right there?
8: (laughs) So talk about the game day experience and what was it like for you to be on there, be the guest picker, hear all those fans with the cowbells right behind you. What was that experience like?
4: Well, it was awesome. It was really good. You know, like I said with the Saints, you know, Mississippi State's kind of a similar situation. They it's been a long time coming for them to to get to be at the top. And um, you know, it, it was really exciting to be um, a part of the university and represent the university. And um, you know, I tried to do the best I could to represent us as best we could. We had fun, and um, you know, uh, my picks did pretty good, so I was happy yep. about that. Um, so. Overall, the experience was great, and um, Mississippi State won the game. so uh, how, how how much better could the night have gone, you know what I mean?
8: Absolutely. Did you ever believe at the beginning of the season that you'd see your Bulldogs ranked number one in the AP poll?
4: Well, I didn't. I, as the season started, I did not think that, but as the season went on, I, I saw how we started playing, and, and I definitely, definitely thought that we could be number one and then have a chance to be and continue to be. So, um I'm excited about it, and um, hopefully it can continue.
8: Yeah, growing up in Baton Rouge, was it tough whenever Mississippi State plays LSU, or is it all Mississippi State all the time?
4: Well, yeah, it was tough because both my parents went to LSU. So, uh, you know, for me, though, I've, I've changed from purple and gold to maroon and white. So uh, I, I have no problem nowadays. But
8: A lot of trash talking in the tr- Papelbon house- household? Yeah,
4: yeah, yeah, yeah. It goes on, yep. Yeah. <laughs>
8: So, what do you think? Uh, the SC West such a tough schedule with Mississippi State. Um, just what about this team that makes them so special and uh, they're doing so well right now?
4: Well, I think it's all about Dan Mullen. Um, and and you guys over there in the Saints can can very well uh, see that. You know, it's all, it's all about Sean Payton, and and you know the the team takes on the, the the motto of the head coach, and I think that's what Mississippi State's done. And Dan Mullen brings a a great persona to our to our university and uh, to the team, and some swag and some confidence and and can recruit. So um, he's the perfect man for the job at Mississippi State, and um, he enjoys it and he has fun with it, and that's what I like about him.
8: Now now before I let you go, MLB playoffs right now, Royals and Orioles and Giants and Cardinals. What do you think about the Royals right now? Could be clinching a World Series berth for the first time since 85 today. What have you seen from these Royals?
4: Well, yeah, I think uh the biggest thing I've seen is their bullpen dominance and um, you know, it's really funny that um when the season starts nobody wants to pay for a bullpen or, or invest money into to have a good bullpen, but as soon as playoffs start and the game becomes a bullpen game, everybody wants a bullpen. So, um I'm 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 going for the best bullpen. I hope the best bullpen wins that way. Um, you know, they can kind of show how important how 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 important that bullpen is and how important to have a good one is.
8: Is that the biggest X factor when heading into the postseason? Because uh, it's a lot of make or break, Correct. like you said, for bullpens. Is that the biggest thing for a team to have postseason success, is a good bullpen?
4: Yeah, well, postseason baseball revolves around the last three innings of the game. So, um, I am uh, definitely a um, huge advocate of having a good bullpen, and I think most teams are, but they just don't want to have to pay for it. <laughs> That's just how it kind of goes.
8: Do you have a World Series prediction?
4: I like the Royals. I do. I like the Royals. Uh, it's all about who gets hot at the right time in playoffs, as you well know. And um, Royals are hot, so why not? All
8: right. Well, your game day picks were good, so I'm sure your Roy- 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 World Series predictions should be right pretty accurate, too. That's Jonathan Pavlov closer for the Phillies, avid Saints fan. And, of course, he'll be rooting for his Saints and Mississippi Bulldogs for the rest of the season. Jonathan, appreciate the time.
4: Okay, no problem. Take care, guys.
8: More on this Wednesday edition of the Black and Blue Report. Now.
1: Fans cheer on your Pelicans as they play their final preseason game against the Dallas Mavericks at the CenturyLink Center in Bossier City on Thursday, October
3: 23rd. Prices start at just $9 from www.ticketmaster.com. While in town, enjoy the opening weekend of the State Fair of Louisiana, our numerous casinos,
2: including the world-famous Horseshoe Casino, and hotel. Check out hotel packages for the game and other things to do at shreveport-bossier.org or call eight 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 four five 45 visit
1: Let's get the ball rolling for a thrilling time at the Sanderson Farms Championship PGA Golf Tournament, November 3rd through 9th at the Country Club of Jackson. For lots of first-class golf and fan-pleasing fun, join us for the Sanderson Farms Championship. It'll be quite a ride, unless you're chicken. For ticket information, visit www.sandersonfarmschampionship.com.
0: welcome back to the black and blue report here's daniel sellerson
8: well it's wednesday so that means it's time for some fantasy football talk it's our fantasy focus presented by xbox one and joining us as always is jake seeley from MotoExperts.com. jake hope all is well with you my friend
9: all is going good i can't believe we're almost halfway through the fantasy season already
8: it's crazy maybe one of my teams will win each week and uh, i'll be good to go but uh that's why you're here that's why you're going to help us and uh We'll start with Saints and Lions. The Lions' defense, Jake, has been pretty tough this uh, this year so far, and they're 4-2. and two. Besides Breeze, I'm guessing you start him automatically, but what other Saints players should you consider starting this week?
9: I think you have to look at wide receiver. The running back situation, I would like to use more players than probably you're able to, only because the situation is kind of cloudy. If Mark Ingram is truly back, as expected, it really muddles the backfield situation because he was terrific before his injury. Kyrie Robinson looked great filling in for him. Uh, actually, Ingram was in the top five in fantasy points per game before he got hurt, and if you take Robinson's games where he was only filling in, which is the last three, you have somebody who's ranking in the top 20 on points per game, so you have RB2 there, and then Pierre Thomas, as he showed, had a big game right before the bye, so... All of them could be in the mix, and, and that's really the only type of situation that, that makes it tough because now you've got a running back by committee. You think that – Sean Payton's smart. He's not going to tell us exactly what he's going to do. You would think that Ingram's going to take about a week to get back to full speed, so I'd probably consider him an RB4. Robinson I would still roll with as a flex-slash-RB3. Because of the touchdown potential and how good he looked, and then Thomas, of course, has value in PPR leagues. But I think wide receiver is where you feel more confident because with the loss of Jimmy Graham, for now, obviously Drew Brees is going to pass. He's going to pass well. He's in a dome; it's not a typical road game where you have to worry about him being outdoors. So it's a it's a dome game, which is going to help him. Colston and Cooks were both they're. Barely outside of wide receiver three status on the year in fantasy points per game. I mean, we're talking about point two. A touchdown for each of them rockets them up at the top 25. So they can get back on track very easily. you got to love Cooks and PPR leagues. And so both of them, I'm starting with confidence because Breeze is going to be going to them plenty. And then in deep leagues, if you're looking for a tight end option, Josh Hill was getting yardage, got a touchdown in week four. He's the one that you probably want to step in for Graham. Ben Watson's more of a red zone option, but if you're desperate for a tight end situation and you're in a league where you're deep at the tight ends of what you can pick out of, uh, you can definitely grab Hill. He'll he'll put up the yards.
8: Let's move on to some of the bigger injuries from this past weekend. Steven Ridley from the, from the Patriots' torn ACL. Uh, Victor Cruz out for the season with a torn Patel attendant. Um, Let's start with Ridley and the Patriots. Is Shane Vereen a legitimate replacement for Ridley as far as fantasy running backs?
9: He is. uh, He's likely owned, but he's also somebody that I would actually look to sell high on, Uh, only because it's Bill Belichick. And you know what he does to running backs fantasy-wise. He just frustrates owners all the time because it looks great for his Vereen's outlook. Uh, You know, no Ridley. You think that Vereen's going to get 80% of the touches, but... Now there's talk of Brandon Bolden, there's talk of James White, there's even the Jonah Gray situation, which just came off the practice squad recently, that he might even be in the mix. So this is one of those situations where if it was your typical team, then yes, I would be all over Vereen. And he is a good pickup, and he is somebody who's going to see his value increase. But if somebody's going to be willing to buy high on him, as in high – RB2 or even possibly more than that because Ridley is out I would absolutely look to sell him because it's going to be a headache as it always is with Patriots backfield unfortunately it's just it could be Vereen this week it could be James White next week and then Bolden the week after that that's how Bill Belichick rolls and he loves to frustrate fantasy teams and defenses so sell high if you can unfortunately
8: all right let's move over to the Giants now with Victor Cruz out is it an Odell Beckham Jr. guy to look out for
9: Absolutely. Uh, Odell Beckham, we only got two games under his belt so far. So you will see some inconsistency. He is a rookie. He's going to need some time to get comfortable in that offense and develop a rapport with uh, Eli Manning. But so far, he's looked pretty good, especially in that first game. And the opportunities are going to be there because now he's on the field all the time. It's the two wide receiver sets. He'll still be out there and he could probably step in and fill Victor Cruz's role in those two wide receiver sets, which would keep Ruben Randall exactly as he has been. So it's a nice step up, and Preston Parker is going to be the third wide receiver, but he's going to be the one that kind of takes that third role of he's only out there when they're in. Three wide receivers set. So I would definitely go after Odell Beckham. Great ceiling for him. And if you miss out on him, uh, you know, there's plenty of other options, which I'm sure we'll talk about when we talk about some waiver pickups. But I, Odell Beckham was probably either one or two on the top of my list for picking up for wide receivers right
8: now. We're talking with Jake Seeley from rotoexperts.com. It's part of our fantasy focus presented by Xbox One. Cleveland's next three opponents are three and two. They have Jacksonville, Oakland, and Tampa Bay. Should fantasy owners be looking at Browns players, whether it's Brian Hoyer or the running back situation for them or even their defense is Brown's players the players to pick up in these next three weeks?
9: Yes, yes. And yes, uh, <laughs> I've been telling people about that. Brian Brown's defense for a couple of weeks now to make sure you grab them ahead of time. If you don't want to fight people for the waiver wire, because the Brown's defense is one that if for people that stream or play the matchups, you can pick them up this week and use them the next three weeks. It makes it real easy for you. And then, Talking about Brian Hoyer, you know, if you're looking for somebody to fill in for maybe now it's your bye week or you're struggling with quarterback situation, maybe you lost Robert Griffin and you've been kind of plugging and playing for the entire year, Brian Hoyer is a solid pickup to plug in. He's not going to light up the fantasy scoreboard with 300 yards and three touchdowns but he's thrown for at least 200 in every single game. He's thrown a touchdown in every single game. He barely has any interceptions. He's very reliable. He's got a very high floor, which is what's good about him. Is his ceiling's not spectacular, but he's not going to hurt you either because he's going to go out there and put up some decent numbers and then at running back, I've been saying this since February Isaiah Crowell is supremely talented, the most talented running back on that team. If he gets a chance, he's going to put up numbers, as we've seen already. Ben Tate, as long as he's healthy, is going to continue to put up numbers. Uh, Crowell's a little bit more dicey because, obviously, if their run game is going heavy or if the game starts to get out of control and they need to pass more, that's going to hurt him. But both of them, I would say Ben Tate is close to being an RB1 these next three weeks, and Isaiah Crowell, because it's bye weeks, I'd say he's easily a flex play the next three weeks.
8: Last one, you were mentioning the waiver wire, two or three waiver wire pickups you would recommend this week.
9: Yeah, obviously with the Browns defense is mentioned that and then at wide receiver if you miss out on Beckham, Andre Holmes, and this isn't just based off of what happened last week, but as we saw, he's got a very high ceiling, lots of potential within that team really likes him. Derek Carr is really starting to get comfortable and throw the ball downfield and Holmes actually has twenty targets over the last two games, played actually more snaps than James Jones. So it's not like he's just a flash in the pan third wide receiver he's their number one it looks like at this point tons of potential there uh we mentioned Beckham I think Malcolm Floyd is available way too many leagues at this point Philip Rivers shown that way back before Floyd had his injuries before Keenan Allen was even a thing last year Malcolm Floyd had a rapport with Philip Rivers and it's coming back and he's the one that he's been going to more often than not he's a big option on that game big red zone threat so he's a great one and then back to the running backs you know if you don't go after the Varine or the Crowell or miss somebody like that Jerick McKinnon looks like he's starting to get more shares in the Vikings backfield and Asiata's not going anywhere but even if it's a 50-50 with his explosive ability and upside for the touches that he gets there's potential there for McKinnon so all those guys need to be owned in 12 team leagues at this point.
8: Real quick, I know you mentioned Malcolm Floyd with the Chargers. Keenan Allen's really struggled. It really seems like he hasn't gotten the targets. Is, should fancy owners that have him be concerned about Keenan Allen, or should they even consider benching him at this point or keep him in?
9: I, I'm actually concerned. I do own Keenan Allen, and I would bench him. I would not drop him. I've got a lot of questions saying, should they just straight out drop Keenan Allen? I would definitely not do that. But you got to bench him until you th- see things starting to click. He only has the one good game so far. The targets are still there. He's averaging around seven per game, so it looks – it looks promising, and maybe if Eddie Royal misses some time, there could be a better connection with him and Rivers. But something's not flowing. Gates is having a really good season. Floyd is having a really good season, and Keenan Allen is the one that's getting left out. So he might be one of those players that he's better talent than he is fantasy production wise. Unfortunately, because we're only talking fantasy here, so you got to bench him, in my opinion, right now. But you can't drop him because he's too talented to drop. But if somebody's hey, if somebody's out there and they're thinking you can get wide receiver three value for him in a trade. I would actually consider trading him at this point, too.
8: That's good stuff. That's Jake Seeley from RotoExperts.com, part of our Fantasy Focus, presented by Xbox One. Jake, always appreciate the advice and the conversation. We'll talk to you next Wednesday.
9: Always a good time. Thanks.
8: All right, Sean, we'll be back right after this.
7: Here's all the country you could ask for. Don't miss award-winning singer and songwriter Easton Corbin live at Rivage on Friday, October 17th. Roll with it and spend an evening with Easton Corbin. Visit BeauRivage.com for tickets.
2: Everything you need to know about your New Orleans Pelicans is right in the palm of your hand. The New Orleans Pelicans app is easy to use, plus makes an excellent companion whether you're watching the team at the Smoothie King Center or on the road. Recently added features on the app include the latest videos and highlights, plus access to a full list of arena amenities. Download the Pelicans app for free now on your iPhone or Android devices. For more information, check out Pelicans.com today.
1: Game on with NFL Ticket Exchange, the only official ticket exchange of the NFL, where 100% of tickets are verified by Ticketmaster. Buy and sell the NFL-approved way. Visit NFLTicketExchange.com. Together, we make football.
0: Pelicans.com and New Orleans Saints.com. your first stop when following your teams.
2: We've got a really big show for you tomorrow on Thursday. Of course, uh, Thursday means visit with the voices. We're scheduled as uh, as of right now to visit with the voice of the Saints, Jim Henderson, tomorrow on the Black and Blue Report. We'll also visit the Saints locker room tomorrow. Uh, we'll also effort... To visit with the voice of the Lions and uh, continue our conversation about the Saints opponent for this weekend. But uh, a big guest tomorrow in Rachel Nichols of CNN. Uh, Her program, uh, now that she does, kind of, um, I wouldn't, it's not 60 Minutes. It's not HBO Real Sports. It's very unique. It's very good, though. And Rachel Nichols, with uh, her breadth of experience and uh, what she's been able to do uh, with her new role at CNN, has been somewhat Well, not somewhat, very impressive to say the least. And uh, so we're very pleased to bring her to you tomorrow right here on the Black and Blue Report podcast. And then Friday will be a big show too because we'll wrap up the Pelicans game against the Thunder and we'll wrap up our coverage of Saints and Lions this week with the Friday podcast. You'll want to make sure that you get that as well. You can always get it downloaded on your mobile device if you go through the, the iTunes subscription. By subscribing, it's free on iTunes of this podcast that will show up each and every day on your mobile device. Otherwise, it's it sure is just as easy to use either the Saints mobile app or the Pelicans mobile app to listen to this podcast. Help us spread the word, won't you? And of course, it's always available in your office or home on your desktop at Pelicans.com and NewOrleansaints.com. Big thanks to Daniel Salerson today. He had two great guests, Jake Sealy and Jonathan Kappelbon. I want to thank David Leslie, Monty Williams, and Anthony Davis, too. Thanks to you, as always, for joining us. Have a great rest of your Wednesday, and we'll see you right back here tomorrow from Studio B and the Smoothie King Center Studios on the Black and Blue Report. I'm Sean Kelly, and so long for just a while.
0: Thanks for listening to this edition of the Black and Blue Report. If all goes well, we'll be back tomorrow. Tune in each weekday at 12 p.m. or at your convenience, exclusively online at NewOrleansSaints.com and pelicans.com